You guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, you need to. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Mimesis, where art and life imitate each other in all sorts of twisted ways. I'm Sandra Sheriff Ackerley. And I'm Stacey Rourke. And we are your hosts on this zany adventure. Now you can woohoo. Woohoo. <laughs> she considers it a win every time she gets through that intro. I'm so I do. proud of you. I'm so proud of you. It's a little wins, right? Yes. Um, I get to start our second episode in a row with an apology. Oh my oh, gosh. Goodness. Someday, someday I won't have to do this. And it's about the same episode, the Stranger Things episode. I called Chrissy Cindy and one of our listeners pointed that out to me. So I am sorry. I really did watch the show. I really did love the show, <laughs> but I was so livid that day about, you know, everything that was everything. going on in the news. Um, I think I just I had my mind other other places. So I apologize for yeah. that. And thank you for calling it to my attention. Yeah. We make mistakes sometimes. It's okay. Yeah. A lot of times. <laughs> A lot of times. <laughs> but it was wonderful to have Janelle from Greek mythology retold. Yes. Retelling? It was a blast. Retold. Yes. Retold. She's retold. Yes. yes. Um, she's incredibly brilliant. And it was wonderful to have her here educating us. Yeah, and to find out, like, the mimesis of Troy. Yep. And there's whispers that she's going to have us on her podcast soon, so that would be fun. Woohoo! That'll be (laughs) lots of fun. You're a woo girl. I know, I told you. (laughs) (laughs) She's a woo girl. Yes. So what's going on with you? Give ourselves a couple minutes here before we get started. Um, it's been busy. I just got Emma back from her being gone for two weeks oh pretty excited about that yeah yeah that had to be a heck of a hug when you saw her oh it was it it was definitely for little guy he would not let her go he was so excited to see his big sister that's so sweet yeah he's attached to her hip now yeah completely like they played games when they got home and just cuddled. I was like, this is the best. And then like about 20 minutes later, the fighting started. And I was like, there we go. We're back to <laughs> there normal. There it is. <laughs> and now we're back to normal. Yep. yep. That's about right with kids. But otherwise, just trying to get everything ready to come see you. Oh, girl, my anxiety is through the <laughs> roof. For those that don't know, we are less than two weeks away from Once Upon a Book. Um, yes. The the book event that I host. And now we're getting down to the wire. And I'm in that point where my mind is freaking out about every tiny detail. Yeah. So sleeping, eating, those kind of things are non-existent. But I did have last night, uh, my friend Jen kidnapped me for the night and she took me over to the hard rock in orlando to watch the comedian um celeste oh my gosh i'm gonna forget her last name hold on well that sounds like a lot of fun what was her name celeste oh i gotta google it she's super funny i know you guys have seen her she's the one that does the um she recreates celebrity pictures celeste barber like celebrities do like these seductive sexy pictures and then with like her mom bod she recreates them in all <laughs> okay sorts of hilarious i think i know what you're ta- who you're talking yes. about now. yeah so we went to see her last night and she was hysterical if you get a chance to see her in person i highly recommend it and it was wonderful jen listens to our podcast and it was wonderful to be kidnapped for a night and made to just relax, relax. and take a breath yeah um there was two funny stories i wanted to share with you <laughs> Uh, yes, no, please. <laughs> I, I'm not on vacation. I live here. Okay. Right. So, but in Orlando, when you go to places like that, 
there's a lot of people there that are on vacation. They're there to live it up and party. Yeah. So I went up to the bar. We had enough time to grab a quick drink and go sit down. So I ordered my regular rum and Diet Coke, no ice. Now, a lot of bartenders will tell you, um, you know, I it's it's going to be mostly Diet Coke. I can't yeah. pour more rum in it than usual. Right. And the guy Unless said, you order a is, double. Yeah. He, the guy said, this is going to be a lot of Diet Coke. Is that all right? Because I say no ice. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I don't care. I just don't like ice in my drinks. And this lady behind me really loud was like, oh, he let her know she's not going to get a free shot. You know, she's like making fun of me and being <laughs> super loud. So the bartender like made eye contact with me as he poured and he was <laughs> pouring the rum and the Diet Coke at the same time. And I'm not kidding you. He did like that motion where they like go down and up, like splashing in the alcohol. But he did that yeah. with the Coke and the Diet or the Diet Coke and the rum at the same time, like three times. And then just topped it off with a little bloop of Diet Coke and passed it to me. (laughs) And even Jen, like watching this, like she leans over in this really quiet voice and was like, that's a lot of rum. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. That lady hooked you up. (laughs) I was like, I have to drive home, sir. You didn't need to prove anything to her. (laughs) What are you doing, man? I hope this show goes long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So... That was my first funny story for the night. The other funny story, you know I listen to a ton of true crime. I watch true crime shows. I listen to true crime podcasts. Like, that's my jam all the time. Yeah, But because of that, always, I'm very aware of my, where I am and what's going on around me. And I was a single woman alone walking in a parking ramp at night (laughs) by myself, which is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I was in the Jaws section of the Universal <laughs> Studios parking ramp and they had the freaking Jaws music playing. I'm walking through the parking ramp at night by myself hearing. I'm like, I'm going to pee myself. This is so scary. That's ominous at night, man. Turn that off. That's perfect (laughs) that's amazing like karma was just fucking with me last night that's what was happening yeah yeah but then i got in the car but here's no no i have to top this off with what my dumbass actually did okay you want to know how into true crime i am i got to my car i opened the back hatch of my jeep i checked the back hatch i opened the back door i checked it i opened the front door checked got in locked my door behind me that i'm so proud of you (laughs) (laughs) i checked every available inch of that car before i climbed in i am so proud of you (laughs) there was no intruders and there was no sharks in my car so we're good (laughs) awesome and i should not be let outside at night by myself no (laughs) (laughs) not at all but I love that so much. <laughs> it just has to make you laugh and just, okay, I needed that laugh. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, I, and I'm carrying an umbrella the entire time. So I'm like wielding it like a sword as I'm checking the different parts of my you. car. <laughs> I will poke you very hard with the end of my umbrella. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, that's my goofy ass. I love you so, so much. ma'am. <laughs> What do you have? What mimesis are we talking about today? We are talking about public enemies. Like the 2009 Johnny Depp movie. Oh, you had me at Johnny Depp. I know. And this is like, this is like old time gangsters too, right? Yes. Yes. It's about like John Dillinger, um, Pretty Boy Floyd, um, Babyface Nelson, like, oh, this is going to be of fun. Them. Yeah, this one's a good one. Before, is this in the, sure. like around the time of Prohibition or is this before or after that? It was, okay, so the 1920s and it does say public enemy era from the 1920s to the 1930s. Where well, 1920s of, was Prohibition, so yes, yes, he would be from the Prohibition time. Where a time of rising crime 
driven at first by prohibition and then after it repeated taking on a life of its own the 1930s was a period of famous gangsters such as john dillinger babyface nelson bonnie and clyde pretty boy floyd machine gun kelly and m.a barker oh we need to do one on bonnie and clyde too oh yes there are so many different movies we could do. I know. We have so many to do. <laughs> I, I keep coming up with new ideas for episodes, and I'm like, pick one. Just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. All right. I'm so. ready. Let's dig into some old-time gangstas. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go back and forth of, like, the movie and then, like, the pieces because there are so much of, like, the real stuff and the movie. <laughs> yeah. We love it. There's so much. We love tying in the real stuff. It's so good. Yeah. So the film opens in 1933 as John Dillinger, Johnny Depp. I mean, you can't, I gotta say it. <laughs> I love Johnny him. Depp. Yeah. Is brought to Indiana State Prison by his partner, John Red Hamilton. Under the disguise of a prisoner drop with Dillinger posing as a prisoner. Inside the prison, several gang members. Charles McClay, I think that's how you pronounce it. Harry Prypoint, Ed Schaus, Homer Van Meter, and Walter Dietrich acquired guns smuggled into the prison inside boxes of thread that's sent to the prisoner's factory, with which they take the guards hostage. And I hold on. I need to make this bigger because I'm having a really hard time <laughs> reading it. I'm Do you old. need your bifocals? I have them in. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it time for a stronger prescription? I think so. Okay. <laughs> so uh, at that moment... The other inmates come in. They force the guards to take their uniforms at gunpoint. Everything is going as planned until Schaus suddenly beats a guard to death in a fit of rage and another guard gets shot. A running shootout ensues and the men run towards a waiting car. Unfortunately, a sniper shoots the and Dietrich gets shot in the back of the head and Dillinger kicks him out of the car. Oh, So... Dillinger did escape. Is that prison. how it happened? They really did smuggle guns into the prison? It's said that they don't know if it was a real gun or if it was a fake gun. Oh. Why yeah. do I kind of wish it was a fake gun? Because that makes it like, I don't know, something about that I find more compelling. But then again, like a guard got beat to death and that's not okay. Right. And I, I don't think that actually happened. Okay. So in real life, on January 25th, 1934, Dillinger and his gang were captured in Tucson, Arizona. He was extradited to Indiana and escorted back by Matt Leach, the chief of the Indiana State Police. Dillinger was taken to the Lake County Jail in Crown Point, Indiana, and imprisoned to face charges for the murder of a policeman who was killed during a Dillinger gang bank robbie bank robbie bank, bank robbie bank robbery can we call them that from now on that's that's jaunty it's a bank robbie a bank robbie um in east chicago in on january 15th 1934 so this is only 10 days later um but that's at the time that they didn't, like, even wear masks when they went in for bank robberies. They, like, dressed in hats and suits and coats and... Right. And, like, walked. trench coats so that they could hide the guns. Yeah. And then yeah. came in and shot up the place. Yes. And they were like, you tell them that, you know, so-and-so and his gang were here. They didn't even care. They had exactly they no fucks to give back then. Yeah. None. So... On March 3rd, 1934, Dillinger was able to escape during morning exercise with 15 other inmates. Wow. Yeah. So Dillinger produced a pistol, catching deputies and guards by surprise, and he was able to leave the premises without firing a shot. Okay, so nobody was actually... No. And nobody was actually Wasn't hurt. beaten to death. No. 
I really oh. want it to be a toy gun then. <laughs> Almost immediately afterwards, um, they began to try to figure out if the gun was real or not. And the FBI files indicate that he used a carved fake pistol from like shelving in a cell. <laughs> so many people got in trouble for that. They were like, guys, yes. that wasn't even a real gun. Yes. But his lawyer, Louis Paquette, um, claimed to have that one the investigator Art O'Leary claimed to have sneaked the gun in himself. So okay. there's back and forth, but I really I like to think real. that it was fake. I do too. I like to think that he carved it out of something and yeah. Yeah. Like that's and escaped that way. Yeah. Because then he just like <laughs> I have a gun. <laughs> but they knew he was like dangerous. He was yeah, like one of like, the top oh. like yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I know nothing about any of this and I haven't even seen like I just googled pictures of him in this movie and I was like why have I not seen that dude I saw this movie when I was down in Florida when I was doing my internship at Disney okay like I took one of my nights off and went over to the theater <laughs> and went and watched this and like swooned i swear and it's like you're not supposed you to like that did you say i swooned uh, yes. with an m <laughs> I swoon. no i said swooned you said swooned maybe i did <laughs> I, I swooned, swooned. uh but that but, was at the time that i hadn't i had very young babies yeah they were like three two and three yeah they i yeah. didn't there was not a lot of outside no. stimulation happening for me. For, no. <laughs> and I really had veggie tails. I didn't have a lot going on. <laughs> Very true. And I had all the time as I was down there with by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I made a few friends, but <laughs> if it wasn't a Disney movie or veggie tales, then it wasn't happening in my house at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I went to the theater that they like do the dine in. That's a fun theater. I like that one. It is. I do. I like that one. Um, but it was all about Johnny Depp. Like, that was my true, I am so in love with Johnny Depp because, like, Pirates of the Caribbean and, like, yes. a couple other ones came out at that time. Did you ever see yeah. him in um, Don Juan de Marco? I have not. Oh, girl. <laughs> girl. <laughs> yeah. Lord of mercy. Just saying. <laughs> you need to watch that one. Okay. Is this a Dillinger episode or is this just love for Johnny Depp? What are we doing here? It, it's Dillinger. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's love for Johnny Depp. It's love for Johnny Depp. Okay. So after the shootout, we're going back to the movie. Okay. Um, There are some big names in here too as well. So in East Liverpool, Ohio, Melvin Purvius... P-U-R-V-I-S. Purvis? I think. We are sorry if we say anybody's yeah. name wrong. We're doing our best. He's played by Christian Bale. Okay. And I just watched other... him in the new Thor movie, by the way. Is that good? It's it's cute. Um, I personally liked Ragnarok better, but Christian oh, Bale yeah. in this movie is creepy as all shit. I mean, he's a fantastic actor, but there's parts in this where I was like, dude, he's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Marvin Purvis and other FBI agents are running down pretty boy Floyd, who's played by Channing Tatum. <laughs> really? I didn't know he was in this. Mm -hmm. Did you I watch remember. the movie? <laughs> I did. I did. And it's... There's just so many names and so many gangsters. And like, so this is saying that Purvis killed Pretty Boy Floyd in the movie. However, okay. he didn't die then. He died actually after Dillinger died. Oh, but yeah. in the movie, he died before him. But in the movie, he died before him. Okay. Yeah. Channing Tatum had to be young when this movie came out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was 
he was like a he was a wee bairn. Yeah, he was probably early twenties because wow. this came out in two thousand nine. Yeah, he had to be really but young. I, I don't know his age, so <laughs> I don't. I don't either. Yeah. Um. So Dillinger's gang reaches their hideout. Um. Where crooked co- Chicago cop Martin Zarokvich convinces them to hide out in Chicago where they can be sheltered by the American mafia. Dillinger exchanged brief words with a mafia car dealer and close acquaintance Ann Sage. So they ne- you next see Dillinger, Pry Point, and McClay walking up the stairs into the lobby of a bank in Grayson, Wisconsin. Wearing dull overcoats and bowler hats, probably point the lobby man overpowers one of the guards and orders everyone to the floor. While Den- Dillinger leaps over railing, grabs the bank manager and says, "Spin the dial." By marching him to the vault at gunpoint, McClay clears money from the tellers into duffel bags. When the manager appeals to be stalling, Dillinger strikes him over the head with a pistol and gives him the choice of being a dead hero or a live coward. <laughs> the Whoa. manager complies. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't playing so around. This is like right after he broke out of pr- prison, he went right yes. back to robbing banks. Yeah. It said that he 12 different bank robberies. I did it again. <laughs> you did what again? I said bank robberies. <laughs> robberies. Yeah. 12 bank robberies? 12 separate bank robberies. And, like, as soon as he got out of prison, he just went right back to it. Yeah. He didn't care. He wanted all the money. He thought that this would be the last one. The next one would be the last one. They'd get all the money. Kind of like how the Vin Diesel, Fast and the Furious, like, get this next one and that'll be your last. And then, oh, no, we got to do another one because something happens. Oh, something always happens. Yeah. There's always one more. Always. Oh, no. It wasn't 12. It was 24. Oh. He led the Dillinger gang, which was accused of robbing 24 banks and four police stations. They robbed police stations? Yep. He was... Dillinger was imprisoned several times and escaped twice. He was charged with, but not convicted of... (laughs) The murder of an East Chicago Indian police officer. Indiana. Are you okay? No. I, <laughs> I'm telling you. I am. I can't see. <laughs> I have it set at like 10 font. And it needs to be at like 20. <laughs> so what you're saying is you need to up your screen to like the, the old lady settings where it's really, really big text. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's no shame in that. It's okay. No. No. Set your so, screen to granny and we'll keep going. We <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> um, what did they take from police stations? Like guns? I don't know. I don't know. What would you even take from a police probably, station? It would probably have to be guns. Yeah. And like maybe records of themselves to like throw it away. I don't know. Or like stuff that's at the evidence lockers. Like if there's. Or if they're robbing police stations, maybe their people are in there. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get him out. Mm-hmm. Wow. But that would be more of like an escape. <laughs> I it's wouldn't think you would call it a. <laughs> I don't think you would call it a. Uh, a robbery. robbery. If, you're killing, if, you're, if you're stealing people. I almost said if you're killing people, it's not called a robbery. <laughs> but that's not either. If you're stealing people, it's not called a robbery. <laughs> yeah. So it said that the. The media. Um. And the exaggerated accounts of his bravado and colorful personality casted him as a Robin Hood. Because it was it was fascinating. It was new. This makes me think of uh, Joan and Betty. If there's any kind of story, they're going to twist it into something else. And this guy was a a horrible criminal, but they he was interesting. He sold papers. So let's make him a good guy. Right. But he was definitely bad and stealing everybody's money yeah (laughs) like in the movie there was one line that i laughed at where 
he looked looked at an old lady and said, I'm not here for your money. Put it away. I'm here for the bank's money. Because <laughs> she was trying to like hold it out and hand it to him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where it was like, why? I don't know if that was said in real life, but I yeah. can see why people like wanted him to succeed almost. They were making him something he wasn't. Yeah. Did he kill anybody? It's alleged that he killed four people. Oh, I okay. believe. Yeah. Mm. I mean, there's there's got to be because you're robbing banks and the police are coming after you. I mean, Babyface Nelson did for sure. He was ruthless. Who played Babyface Nelson's the one playing by Channing Tatum, right? No, he was Pretty Boy Floyd. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who played Babyface Nelson. But um, as he was being casted as the Robin Hood, like in real life, um, J. Edgar Hoover, director of the Bureau of Investigations, used Dillinger as a campaign platform to evolve the BOI into the Federal Bureau of Investigations, the FBI. Okay. So it started out as the BOI and became FBI. <laughs> what did BOI stand for? Brewery, brewery, brewery. <laughs> <laughs> I need a drink. <laughs> brewery of investigations. I, I would go there. Right? <laughs> We're going to drink beer and solve crime. Hey, that sounds like a great brewery. I'm saying. <laughs> Set me up with true crime cases. Yes, I'm yeah. for it. Bureau Restaurant idea. No one else steal it. That's ours. <laughs> yes, that's ours. That's mine. I'm, I'm claiming it right now. Okay. What does it uh, actually stand for? Bureau of Investigations. Oh, and then it became so they, Federal Bureau of Investigations. Right. And okay. then they dropped the O, so it's the FBI instead of the FBOI. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow right. that's not as catchy. Yeah, not not so much. So we have we have Dillinger to thank for that. Yes. That like there's so much that happens in this movie. So after the bank robbery, yeah. So they use all the hostages as shields to get in their car to make it out of town. Um the Washington DC BOI director, J. Edgar Hoover, is frustrated after his latest request for additional funding is turned down after he admits that he has not made a single arrest. <laughs> in his lifetime oh yeah struggling to expand his bureau into a national police agency he meets with purvis and assigns him the lead of a manhunt for john dillinger announcing to reporters that he is declaring this the first war on crime okay yeah so then is dillinger that all true did did that really did j edgar, edgar hoover really I didn't find anything on okay, that, but, but he, did, he turn... did. He did start the FBI to go after Dillinger. Okay, so yeah, there's yeah, there's proof that 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 was a real thing. Yeah, because okay. he was going after organized crime. Yeah, we'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. And then um, there was a love interest in the movie uh, between Dillinger and Billy uh, Freechet. Again, I'm murdering names, which I'm very sorry. And it said that, so although Billy Frechette was never given a third degree interrogation by the FBI, as shown in the movie, the FBI agents did, in fact, perform similar tactics on Helen Nelson, the wife of Babyface Nelson, Alvin Carpus, and John and a John Dillinger associate in Chicago named James Probasco. In the instance of Probasco, he ended up falling to his death from an upper floor window. Officially, it is believed he committed suicide in order to avoid further interrogation. However, some historians believe that the FBI agents were interrogating him and attempted him to make a talk by hanging him out the window, and then they lost <gasps> their grip on him. You see that in movies all the time. I didn't know anyone yeah. actually did that. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, yeah. that's dirty. Very dirty. But like I, in the oh, movie, that had to be they, true. I, it had to have been. Yeah. Yeah. And like in the movie, they really like beat her up pretty badly. Yeah. Oh. But it sounds like it didn't happen in real life. But it was done to, you said baby it was done to Nelson. Babyface Nelson's wife and a couple other people, yeah. And yeah. then the <laughs> just let him go. Oops. I thought yeah. you were holding him. <laughs> oh crap, where's our information now? <laughs> uh, if anybody asked, he jumped out the window. Right. Yep. Head first. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The laws were different back then, man. That was that was a different time. Right, and to get these guys, because they were stealing 24 banks, that's, that's a, a lot. lot of money. Yeah. And especially when, what is that, like, that's during the Great Depression, right? Or a little after? You're right, 1929 to 1939. Yep, it was yeah. during the Great Depression. So these are, like, them taking all the money is, like, really hurting everything. Yeah. But that's where they could really be seen as the... Robin Hood because then they're spending it instead of just putting it yeah back in the like bank to helping people and out like they called him yeah. the Robin Hood but you still were stealing people's money in a time that people needed that money right but that's where the banks are insured yeah and people still have their money but like they're yeah. still like that's a lot of money to take at that point. <laughs> well, the banks are going to get their money before people are all the time. Oh, always. That's, you know, big always. business now. They, they make sure they get their money first. Oh, I don't even want to get started on that. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sore subject right now? Yes. Well, not just right now, but yes. Hmm. <laughs> That one I can go on for days and days. <laughs> a whole yeah. nother episode there? A whole nother episode or just you and I talking about okay. it? <laughs> <laughs> and me just ranting and ranting and ranting. Can you sum it up in a sentence for our listeners? Fuck corporate greed. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. So back on topic. Purvis and his men, meanwhile, trace the overcoat that Dillinger gave to the female bank teller that he had taken as hostage, and she survived, and also tracked down the car dealer. And tracing the car, he leads a failed ambush at a hotel where he believes Dillinger is staying. One agent, Warren Barton, is gunned down by trigger-happy Babyface Nelson, who has okay. escaped after a shootout. The next okay. day, Dillinger and Prypoint and McClay walk into another bank wearing overcoats to hide their guns. Dillinger and Prypoint walk towards one guard whom Prypoint overpowers at the same moment that Dillinger whips out his pistols and each hand as Prypoint and McClay hand the lobby to Dillinger. Dillinger leads the bank manager over to the vault at gunpoint and turning one gun on the manager and one on the lobby. So he's like, two guns. Yeah, and he's just <laughs> continuing to freaking wreak havoc everywhere. Everywhere. Anywhere that they can. Like, whoever has the most money, that's where they're going. Did they like really use his banks. coat in the car to track him down? I don't know. So that was basically just the movie showing that they were closing in, but... Right, right. Okay. Um, The Little Bohemia... They got that, that pretty right. So the Little Bohemia was another failed ambush. So that's where they were hiding out is in Little Bohemia. Okay. And so unfortunately, when a car leaves the lodge containing three locals, they mistake it for the robber's vehicles and they end up accidentally killing a few innocent civilians and tipping Thinking off the- it's them inhabitants inside yep oh. so with them doing that it lets them know oh crap and so they take off running in the woods and innocent people got killed oh yes shit. yeah so like what really happened was the 
Bureau received a call Sunday morning, April 22nd, that John Dillinger and several of his gang were hiding out in a small vacation lodge called Little Bohemia near present-day Manitowish Waters, Wisconsin. Special Agent Melvin Purvis and several BOI agents approached the lodge where three men exited the building and began to drive off. Agents yelled for the car to stop, but the driver did not hear the agents. Agents opened fire and the driver was killed. And Dillinger and some of the gangs were upstairs in the lodge and began shouting out the windows while the BOI agents ducked for cover. Oh, they started shooting out the windows, not shouting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Dillinger and his men went out the back and fled. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So that really happened. That one was real. That actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe mm. not exactly how they show in the movie, because, I mean, you really can't do that. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, it all has to be Hollywooded up right nicely. Right. Right. They need to add the drama. Yeah. I'm sure the real. Yeah. I have to look up the real Dillinger, because I'm sure he didn't actually look like Johnny Depp either. <laughs> no, he doesn't. And he's. I wouldn't even say he's really that handsome. Like, I mean, he's, he, I wouldn't, he's got that, he got a little bit of swagger. He's got a little bit of an arrogance to him. You can see that he, he thinks he's somebody. There's a couple pictures where he's got the little smirk. Yeah. He's no Johnny Depp, but you can see he's got a little bit of an arrogant swagger. We'll have to post some pictures of him. Yeah. But Babyface Nelson, he is, him and Pretty Boy Floyd look like they're 17. It's crazy. I'm looking. Hold on. We're going to post they all are. the pictures of these guys. Oh, my gosh. He, yeah. <gasps> he looks so young. Yeah. He looks like a kid. How old was yes. he really? I don't know. This was 1931. How old was he? Oh, my gosh. Who was, yeah. What's the other one? Babyface Nelson and... Uh, Pretty Boy Floyd. Pretty Boy Floyd. So Pretty Boy Floyd was born in 1904. So... He would have been 30. Wow. he's See, he doesn't look quite as young as Babyface Nelson, but then again, he had the name Babyface Nelson. So, <laughs> yeah. This was also the time when uh, when criminals were shot and their bodies were, like, put on display for people. Yes, they did that with Dillinger and, like, had over 1,500 people in two days come and look at his body. Oh. Or 15,000. Hold on. I have that number here. Because I was like, that's so crazy that this, like, they did that. That was, it, they were put on display. They did the same with yeah. Bonnie and Clyde, which we absolutely need to do the Bonnie and Clyde episode. But yeah, absolutely. They put, they put their body on display for people to come and see. Yeah. And they even like made death mask, which I didn't know what that was. What is that? They like, there was four of them that they made from um dillinger it was they would cast their face what did they do with the cast of their face i don't know did they sell the cast of their face like as i was looking up what i looked it up that's creepy what are the death masks a death mask is a likeliness typically of wax or plaster of a person's face after their death usually made by taking a caster impression from the corpse. What do they do with them? They just make them? Um, death masks may be mementos of the dead or used for creation of portraits. Ugh. So it was so, sometimes possible to identify portraits that have been painted from death masks because of the characteristics. Slight distor- distortions of the features caused by the weight of the plaster during the making of the mold. I have to think that this was like a thing that some people bought. You know, somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fact that they took four of them. Yeah. Where? Here's what I want to know. Where are those four now? Right? Who, who yeah. owns those? Yeah. Who yeah. owns Are they in display <sighs> somewhere? Like, with, you like, know do they have some anything other? Mofo has those oh, yeah. on, has them on display somewhere. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, they probably have his guns, too. Probably. Probably. 
look what I got. <laughs> A whole morbid display. Yeah. Yep. Oh. We jumped ahead to his death, we, or his his body. We don't even know how he died or anything. We're jumping so far ahead. <laughs> There's just so much. Like it's such a long movie, and but it was so good, so good. Like I highly recommend everybody watch it. I need to watch it. Yeah, maybe on our road trip in the next. There we go. Few days. If you can pry me away from my morbid podcast. <laughs> No, because I'm okay with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that I have starred my favorite episodes to, to play for you, but I totally have. <laughs> you totally have. I have. Okay. So, in the commentary, Michael Mann, who I believe is one of the directors or something, he has something to do with the movie, he reports that a crew member pointed out that the date was April 22nd. Man then realized that they were filming on the anniversary of the actual shootout of the Little Bohemian Lodge. Really? Yeah. They were shooting that scene on the actual day? Yep. Oh, I at love that. At the location that. I think they were at as well. That's cool. Did you say April 22nd? April 22nd. Yep. Do you know what's cool about that day also? Uncle Jay's birthday? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I can't so I can, my favorite I can people's leave birthdays. this podcast and be like, honey, your birthday is not only Earth Day, it's also the anniversary of the shootout at the what was Little Bohemian. The Little Bohemian. Bohemian. Who yep. knew? Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, while thumbing on location in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, a boy Oshkosh. aged 11 told Johnny Depp he loved his fedora. And would like to have one like it. Depp told the boy he would see what he could do about that. And after he finished filming, Depp sent the boy the hat in the mail. Of course he did. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Because Johnny Depp's amazing. Right. He really I've heard is. things about him tipping like $1,000 to waitresses or waiters just because. Yes, please. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, John Dillinger's lawyer at Crown Point, um, Lewis Pickett, never went to law school. He passed what? the bar. On <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he passed the bar on his fourth attempt, receiving his license to practice in 1920. He passed the bar without ever going to law school? Yep. Okay, but that's kind of impressive. That's not kind of impressive. That's absolutely impressive. Yeah, but that shows a different time, too, because you should have went to school to be a lawyer. Yeah. yeah. But the Unless fact that you passed the like, bar, study yeah. the books on your own so much that you, yeah. like, absorb the shit. But, like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> or was he just um, like, these are the answers I got wrong. I'm just going to keep choosing until I get them right. <laughs> Maybe. He took it four times. <laughs> <laughs> um, for John Tillinger's famous escape from Crown Point Jail, the filmmakers decided to film a, to film at the real jail, which has been closed and turned into a set of small shops. It became a hysterical site. They dressed a the jail. A hysterical or a historical site? Oh my gosh. <laughs> historical. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Please leave that in because I really love that. <laughs> I will. I will. Was it hysterically historical or <laughs> hysterically historically hysterical? Yep. Okay. They dressed the jail and storefronts on the square to its original condition as it would have appeared in 1933. They also filmed the Little Bohemian shootout at the Real Lodge. Johnny Depp was staying in the same room the Real Dillinger stayed in. I love yeah that is so cool i also want to yeah. visit all of these places yes let's make a big long road trip big long road trip <laughs> i can't we probably have not do. this road trip because this road trip i'm very goal oriented yeah we have a timeline yes <laughs> i have to get there i have stuff to get done 
So in the movie, John Dillinger and other bank robbers are seen having friendly relations with the Chicago mobsters, specifically with Philip DeAndre, a top lieutenant in the Al Capone mob. Oh. In real life, Capone was said to admire bank robbers and would often allow bandits safe haven in <sighs> Chicago under the mob's protection. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. However, oh, as shown dirty. in the movie, after Frank Nitty took over the mob following Capone's conviction for tax evasion, he cut off such resources to outlaws like Dillinger, Babyface Nelson, and Alvin Krapis because of the heat that was being brought down on the mobs because of the FBI's furious hunt for these men. Yeah. He's like, yeah. sorry, guys, but we got to. We're done. We're cutting yeah. ties. Yeah. yeah. We wish you the best, but you can't, you don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Literally. Oh, that's cool, though. He's like, I don't, I'm not going to get into bank robbing, but you guys, you guys can crash here if you want to. Right. This one's kind of funny. Uh, Dillinger's line to a bank customer during robbery, we're here for the bank's money, not yours, echoes a similar exchange between Clyde Barrow and a farmer during a bank robbery in author's pen's classic Bonnie and Clyde from 1967. Oh, is that that your money? Uh Uh-huh. Is that your money or is it the bank's? It's mine. You keep it then. There is some dispute over which real life bank robbers spoke this line. (laughs) Because there was so many of them back then. Right. Right. Somebody said it. We just don't know who. (laughs) Right. Supposedly, John Dillinger said it to the bank customer while robbing a bank in Greencastle, Indiana. However, some crime historians attribute it to the line to Charles' author, Pretty Boy Floyd. So most crime historians agree that the psychotic Clyde Burrow never used that line. Unless he heard Dillinger say it at some point and maybe like... Well, they're from different timelines, but he could have definitely... Like, saw it somewhere. Saw it, yeah. Because Bonnie and Clyde was... No, because that's the book of 1967. When did Bonnie and Clyde... No, it was around the same time period. Some was of it? the... I think one of them I just saw, um, Pretty Boy Floyd, was somehow connected to Bonnie and Clyde. They both died in 1934 as well, at okay. age 23. They were so young. Oh, my gosh. And Clyde was 25. Oh, so young. Were just babies. Something in here about Pretty Boy Floyd family couldn't turn Bonnie and Clyde away. So there, there okay. must be some kind of connection there. Yeah. So I was thinking that because of that 1967 right there that I'm looking at, that must be the book. Yeah. Not the actual people. <laughs> no, no. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. It was during that same 20s, 30s time period. Yeah. So during a getaway scene following a bank robbery, Johnny Depp drives a 1932 Studebaker that was used by Jen Dillinger as a getaway car following a bank robbery in Greencastle, Indiana. The car was borrowed from a nearby auto museum during filming in Columbus, Wisconsin. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like just to have like the little mimesis moments in these movies of like yes. they're actually doing it at these places where life is imitating or art is limitating life <laughs> i love that so much see those are yeah. the, those are the things that just fascinate me when it's the reality mixed in there yeah they they did so much in this movie like that they recreated at the real locations using the same thing like it's crazy doing it on the same day <laughs> yeah although that so might have been many. an accident but still yeah yeah <laughs> I'm sure it was, but I mean, the fact that it happened. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's karma. Yes. The fates aligning so the story could be told. So John Dillinger was actually left-handed. The gun held by Johnny Depp is backwards. (laughs) Okay, because he's right-handed. Because he's right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they messed up somewhere in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. This gun is backwards. When Dillinger returned to Chicago in the summer of 1934, he found a job as a clerk 
he had assumed the identity of Jimmy Lawrence, a petty criminal from Wisconsin, to whom he bore a physical resemblance. At the time, the population of Chicago was about a third of a million people, and he believed that in a city that size, he could vanish into the crowd and at least for a while live a somewhat normal existence. I think a lot of people still think they can do that in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's so many people in Chicago. There's so many people. Yeah. So I've many never people. been to Chicago. I'd really like to go. We've done it. You were supposed to go. <laughs> Chicago? Yeah, weren't you supposed to go to one of our American Girl weekends? No, I never got invited. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> I was a broke single mom for a long time, <laughs> so there was no way I could go. <laughs> I, you not asking me was me, like, having my feelings saved. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when my kids were younger and Emma was was. Itty she wasn't, she wasn't too, yeah, she wasn't she wasn't too American Girl phase yet, but they yeah. have an American Girl store there and we would take the train from because at the time we were living in Michigan, we would take the train yeah. to uh Chicago and then we'd stay at a hotel and we'd go shop at the American Girl doll store and we'd eat at the cafe and it was just so cute and Yes, I would yeah. have loved to have gone. However, I had a lot of important things to do. <laughs> you were in... a broke single mom at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't so, have a lot going on. It does not hurt my feelings at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I know I was going to say, I thought you were talking about the Vegas trip because I was supposed to go with you to Vegas. Yeah, you're supposed to go to that, that too. But then I was like, no, no, I'm not a third wheel. <laughs> yeah, because... Then my husband Uncle decided Jay he was going to go, and you were like, um, now it's weird. <laughs> now it's weird. <laughs> so, funny story about the Chicago trip. Not, not, um. <laughs> I don't want to know anything in Vegas. <laughs> no, you don't want to know about Vegas. Although it wasn't anything bad. I won an award. Anyways, <laughs> that was Vegas. Um, when I went to Chicago, my eldest ordered a uh, Shirley Temple. <laughs> yeah um at the american girl store which was like you know a sprite with cherry syrup and right. then a strawberry on top and as soon as they set it down on the table as soon as it hit the table she immediately dumped it in my lap yes immediately well there was there's a ball attached to the the the, the restaurant so Grandma went and got me like a change of pants because I was soaked. I mean, yeah. I was, and it's red, bright yeah, red. <laughs> I was, I was like, it looked like I had massacred somebody. So I went in there <laughs> and I changed my clothes. This, I, again, I tell these stories on the podcast and I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? Why do I do these things on air? But I'm going to do it anyway. So I went in there and I changed my clothes and like she got me, she got me everything. All right. Everything was soaked and I came out and she had gotten me a pair of thong underwear. And I remember <laughs> I walked out of the bathroom and I got like maybe five strides out of the bathroom and I was like, something's horribly wrong and i immediately <laughs> turned around and went back in the bathroom girl i put my thong on backwards <laughs> i was flossing in the front like that's not okay <laughs> oh that's terrible ouch <laughs> yeah i was like there's something horribly going wrong here <laughs> horribly wrong yeah, so now every time someone mentions Chicago, that's like I'm like thong front wedgie. That's where my mind immediately goes. I'm gonna scar our listeners for life. Maybe a little. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? That's what happens when you're getting dressed in a hurry in a freaking American girl doll bathroom. Which, by the way, the bathrooms are full size. They're not American girl doll sized. <laughs> I feel I need to clarify. <laughs> this story would be a lot funnier if they were actually American Girl doll size. It was. <laughs> okay. Back to Dillinger. It's true that John Dillinger enjoyed taking photographs of police when the opportunity presented itself. <laughs> So, like, mid-robbery. 
Oh my gosh, I love that. <laughs> I don't know if it was mid robbery, but that's that's what I think. Like, <laughs> say cheese. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Looking at pictures of him with that arrogant smirk, I can absolutely see him like taking pictures of cops on the yeah. sly. Yeah. So did, was Billy really his love interest? Was that a real person? Billy Franchette, real name, Mary Evelyn Furchette, was actually married to Wilton Spark at the time of her relationship with Don Dillinger. Oh. Yeah. So not only was she into him, but she was married at the time. She was married. She married Spark in 1932. He was convicted shortly thereafter of mail theft and received a 15-term, 15-year term in Leavenworth with a transfer to Alcatraz in September 1934. Billy had a type. (laughs) Very much. (laughs) Girlfriend had a type. Yes. She was like, oh, you're a criminal. Tell me more. So he was in jail when she met Dillinger. Okay. He was in jail when she met Dillinger. Her husband was in jail. So, yeah. Her divorce from Sparks wasn't finalized until the early 40s. She later remarried a man named Wally Wilson. Uh, The name she took to the grave. Wally. Died unexpectedly. (gasps) <gasps> cause unknown date unknown you think she killed him oh she totally killed him <laughs> she his name was wally wallace like no wally wilson well still wally wilson like he yeah. this was a straight i'm going completely by his name i don't even care like in my mind this was a straight lace dude and she married him for the money and then killed him like that's that's what happened there. Yeah. You know why? Because she fell for a criminal and then she fell for another criminal and she was like, right. I'm done. I'm done. I'm. <laughs> she died in January 13. I don't know why I'm laughing at this. She died January 13th, 1969 of mouth cancer. Oh, you know, she smoked a lot. You know, oh, probably she was smoking a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mysteriously. Back when they thought it was good for you and they let one off the other. Oh, yeah. For sure. But she outlived, like, all of the other guys. I don't know if she did all, like, any of the crimes. But they all, like, died in, like, 1934s or oh, whatever. was Dillinger when he died? He was 30. Oh, he was 31. young. So to answer your question earlier on how Dillinger died, he was betrayed. Ah, yes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Wait. Bye. You hang out with criminals all the time and you run the risk of being betrayed? <gasps> Stop it. Do you want to know who betrayed him? I do. A sex worker. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, of all things. That's fantastic. She yeah. gave him more than the clap. <laughs> I, this was not his sex worker. It was just a sex worker? Just a sex worker who was friends with the sex worker that he was with. I'll tell you the story. Okay, tell me. I want to know. On July 21st. Aw, Ellie's uh birthday. Ellie's birthday. Anna, I'm going to butcher this name, Copianus. Okay. um, Known as the woman in red, contacted the FBI She was a Romanian immigrant. She wanted to give information to them to keep her from getting deported. Mm. So that's why she betrayed Dillinger. She thought, oh, I could stay. Did it work out? Did they let her stay? Oh, no. No, she got (laughs) deported. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But she revealed that Dillinger was spending time with another sex worker named Polly Hamilton. And they were all going to go see a movie the following day. And she would wear an orange dress. So I don't know why they call her the woman in red when it was actually orange, but it was probably more reddish orange. Yeah, they couldn't decide what color it actually was. Yeah. Because the lady in orangish red doesn't sound as good. No, no. Uh, she was unsure, unsure of the movie or the theater that they would attend. Um either the Biograph or the Marlboro Theater. So, so they just had to check them all? 
Kinda. Um, Anna stated that on July 22nd, Dillinger asked if she wanted to attend the movie with them. She asked where they were going. Um, and he said to the Biograph Theater around the corner. Okay. So she faked an excuse, needing butter to fry up some chicken for dinner that night and called Purvis and told him the plan. Purvis didn't kind of believe it, so he had a team go to both the theaters. Okay. Um, Because he thought that most of the Chicago police were corrupt. Which, Which they probably were, see. yeah, at oh, that yeah. time. Well, I mean, they dropped somebody out of the window. <laughs> yeah, their methods were not that great. <laughs> no. Sketchy at best. Yeah, so they split up in two groups. And around 8.30 p.m., Dillinger was observed going into the Biograph Theater. And they were seeing the show Manhattan Melodrama. We need to look up and see what that is. Oh, I know. I want to know what he was watching. Do you think they let yeah. him finish the movie before they arrested him? Yeah, uh, they killed him. <gasps> Do you think they let him finish the movie before they killed him? <laughs> he, he did finish the movie. So nice. during the stakeout, the manager of the biograph thought that the agents were criminals and called the cops. The cops responded and the agents waved them off so that they didn't ruin their stakeout. So when the film ended, Purvis stood by the front door and signaled Gen Dillinger's exit by lighting a cigar. Dillinger oh. noticed him and moved ahead of his companions and tried going for his gun and trying to get into the alley. Yeah. They had the alley surrounded. So because he went for his gun, three agents shot Dillinger. Clarence hurt two shots. Charles, three shots. And Herman had one shot. Wow. Wow. Dillinger was hit from behind and fell face first to the ground. There were two bystanders that got wounded because they're just willy nilly shooting. Surprising, there was just shooting everywhere. Yeah, um, there were reports of people dipping their handkerchiefs and skirts into the blood. Ew, keepsakes, gross, right? <laughs> gross, <laughs> so gross. Yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? But how is it any grosser than? Like in today's day and age, people would immediately get their phone out and take pictures. So, right. like, right. there's just that morbid nature that human beings yeah. have of those moments. Yeah. I don't know if I could. I'd be, like, running away, covering my eyes. Like, what did I just see? Like, traumatized. <laughs> he, yeah. Oh, he dead dead. <laughs> oh, he dead dead. Dead dead. He's dead yeah. dead. Not just a little but dead. Wow. That's how he died. <laughs> I'm secretly glad they let him finish his movie. And I don't know why. It's not logical at all. I'm just glad yeah. they let him, you yeah. know. And in the movie, they kind of did it the same way, too. So they definitely, like, really took aspects and, like, really turned it into art. I love that. It's just yeah. a mimesis. It is. Oh, but... goodness. Well, this this has been... We have so much information untouched here, but... I know. And there's just so much that like could like keep going and keep going because then you can go into like the baby face Nelson, the pretty boy Floyd, like all of the gangsters. And then even since Al Capone and Bonnie and Clyde, like there are so many things that like this one man, you can just keep going. He had a very fascinating life. Yeah. And this movie, like it only touches on like parts of it. Yeah. Not even like all of like, it. We haven't even started on like how he got his start or anything. Like there's right. there's so much right. more to it. Right. We, we should have broke this up and done like a two or three parter. But <laughs> yeah, we'll just do a summary this time. And then maybe next time we can do like a real, real deep dive into everything. Everything Dillinger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's leave it up to our visitor. Our visitors. Our visitors. <laughs> Our listener. <laughs> yes. yes. Tell us if you want to hear more. 
Yeah, if you about... want a deeper dive into into Dillinger, let us know. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. So this, just to clarify, <laughs> just to clarify, Pirates of the Caribbean and this time period is when you fell in love with Johnny Depp, right? Yes. Yes. I'm like, going to age myself so much and say I first fell in love with Johnny Depp when he was on the original 21 Jump Street. <laughs> I knew you were going to say something like that. When I was eight years old, I fell in love with Johnny Depp for the first time when I saw him on the original 21 Jump Street. I wrote yes. a fan letter to him, wrote it out by hand. You know, there was no email. I had to like lick the envelope, put a stamp <laughs> on it, drop it in the mail. But that was when I was eight years Aww. old and he was on 20, 21 Jump Street. That movie was good. It wasn't a movie. It was a TV series. It was a series. show. It was a TV series. There was movies that were made on it years later with Channing Tatum. Oh, but see, I are... thought it was a movie and then it was made into another movie. No, it was a series oh, first. Okay. It was a way before you were even born. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I was eight, so you weren't even born yet. I was not born yet. No, yeah. three more years and then you were born. Yeah. But that's um, when he was on the series so 21 Jump Street. There was a movie that like, I did watch, Cry Baby. <gasps> yes. And I saw that before. Like, I really liked him in that. And I saw that before um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, he was he was fantastic in Cry yeah. Baby. But it was something about that freaking guy liner, man. Oh, oh. <laughs> that just Have worked for me. Have you seen the app that's on TikTok right now that everybody looks good with Johnny Depp's facial hair? And like you can no, actually. Oh, what? Yes, there is. Okay. There is. A, like a filter on TikTok okay. right now where it says everybody looks good with Johnny Depp's facial hair and like you can put it on yourself and myself and both of my daughters did it last night and all of us were like I don't hate it <laughs> like it's not <laughs> I'll have to do it and send bad. it to you <laughs> you have to find it because something about his yeah. facial hair everybody looks good with it yeah Okay. All right. I think we should let the poor people leave. <laughs> go I to think their you're right. Jobs. I think we have. <laughs> but if they want to hear more from us, they can find yes. us on our social media at the Mimesis Podcast on Facebook and, and on Instagram at the Mimesis Podcast. Or they can email us at the Mimesis Podcast at gmail.com or find our website at mamesispodcast.com <laughs> there you go I almost said the I know right. you did you got it this time <laughs> alright All right. until Have next time bye, bye.